We need to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, as we always do. We do it every day, and we're going to do it again today. CBS Sports with a story about the overvalued players on every team. They list Jonathan Taylor as the most overvalued on the Indianapolis Colts, which is absolutely preposterous. It makes no sense at all. What kind of improvement can we expect from Matt Ryan this year as a quarterback? I'm going to tell you. Pacers, as they embark with the rest of the NBA on free agency, is there somebody that they're going to target in free agency? We'll talk about that. I think they got to sign their own, one of their own guys, figure out a way to do it. I don't know how to get that done. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about why it's important. And then the Chicago Cubs, they got a win last night against the Reds. We crap on them when they lose, so we're going to celebrate them when they win because this is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, July or June 30th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. If you've got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. It's what they do. They enact solutions to make your home more maintenance-free. And isn't that what you want? You don't want the headaches. Johnson's Plumbing... They're like aspirin. They get rid of headaches. 765-610-8809, the number. Smash that subscribe button, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. And if you want to make a donation, it's a nice thing to do. We appreciate that. All right, overvalued players on every team. Jonathan Taylor. Here is what Jonathan Taylor did last year. And we know the numbers, right? 1,811 rushing yards, 372 touches, including those 40 receptions from Carson Wentz, 20 touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry. All of those marks lead the NFL. How can you overvalue that? Here's another thing. All right, when the Colts were able to rush for 200 or more yards, they were 4-0. That's important. With under 100 yards, they were 0-3. You can't put a high enough value on the way Jonathan Taylor ran the ball or the way the Colts ran the ball in 2021. If they didn't run the ball well, they lost games. If they ran the ball well, they ran games. If they threw the ball well, you know what? It didn't really seem to matter. They were 4-5 and five when throwing for over 200 yards, which means that when they threw for under or they were roughly the same. They finished the season 9-8. and eight. Here's something kind of interesting about Frank Reich. Their expected wins based on points scored, 10.6. They actually won 9. So that's a 1.6 victory deficit compared to their points scored, which means, stick with me here, that Frank Reich, while winning... The, the, uh, the analytics battle, creating statistics that would lead you to believe that they're going to win approximately 11 games and lose six, instead went nine and eight. Frank Reich won the analytics battle but lost football games. And that should not happen. And, and this is part of the criticism of Frank Reich is that he is trying to moneyball the NFL and you can't moneyball the NFL. You can't do it. We're, we're going to build statistics that feed victory. You can't do it. That's not the way the National Football League works. You can't try to outsmart the NFL because the way you win football games is to out-hit in the NFL. 
you, you've got to play football in the NFL. You can't try to – runs created is a great statistic in baseball. It's absolutely appropriate for guys like Billy Bean, we all saw it in the movie Moneyball, guys like Theo Epstein to try to create in the aggregate a team that's going to score more runs than its opponent. In football, you can't do it. You know what? Uh, turnover ratio. Now, that's pretty good for the Colts. Eight and two when winning the turnover margin. I want to talk about Matt Ryan for a minute, too. Matt Ryan, this is kind of interesting. We, we've seen it happen two straight years where uh, Phillip Rivers went from what he did with the Chargers his final year in 2019 to what he did with the Colts in his only year in 2020, and then Carson Wentz, what he did in his final year with the Eagles, and then came here and had a bit of a resurgence as a quarterback. All right, Rivers uh, had 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, 34 sacks. He went to 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, so nine fewer, and 19 sacks, 15 fewer with the Colts in the one year that he played here. Wentz went from 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 50 sacks in 12 games, by the way, 50 sacks. He led the league in sacks to 27, 7, and 32. So interceptions on average decreased eight and a half for Rivers and Wentz. Sacks decreased on the average 16 and a half. And, and touchdowns on the average went up five, and that was fueled mostly by Wentz. Uh, Rivers' total only went up one. So if, if we take those averages, and this is, this is kind of spurious math, i got to admit, but it's sort of interesting to look at. If you take Matt Ryan's 2012 and 40 sacks from last year and you reduce them or add to them by the average that the previous two quarterbacks in their first season for the Colts saw a decline or an improvement. You've got 25 touchdowns, five interceptions, and only 23 sacks. That would be a, a pretty damn good return on investment for the Indianapolis Colts going out and getting Matt Ryan. If you've got Matt Ryan at 25-5 and then 23 sacks, you're going to win games. And the Colts are going to have to win games because here is their over-under from gambling houses for wins is 10. I don't like it. I like nine and a half. I think they got a really good chance to go 10 and seven, assuming good health. However, you know what? More than 10, you get a little, I start to get a little bit nervous. You think they're gonna win 11 games? I think they could win 11 games. If they're healthy, they probably should win 11 games, given that the Titans have taken a bit of a step back. Jaguars a step up, but has it been a big enough step up? And the Texans are still a complete show, right? Like, they're the worst team in the NFL, and they're projected to be the worst team in the NFL by the gambling houses who put the over-under for wins for the Texans at 4.5. By the way, the Chicago Bears, 6.5 is their number. I think they're going to fall short of that despite the fact that they play the Lions twice. they got to play the Packers twice, got to play the Vikings twice. The schedule not favorable in Matt Eberflus's first season. 
might be his only, as the, the coach of the uh, Chicago Bears, we'll see. Uh, I just thought it was ridiculous to say that Jonathan Taylor's the most overvalued player uh, on the Colts. I don't see it. Overvalued means you value him at here, but his real value is here. Jonathan Taylor's value is here, and his, his needed value is also here. Even with Matt Ryan as a quarterback, I would assume that Jonathan Taylor's touch rate is going to drop a little bit. I don't think he's going to touch a ball 372 times, and I hope he doesn't. Look, you've got an NFL today where the leading rusher in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor, had 1,811 yards, and number two in the NFL was in the 1,250s. Jonathan Taylor, I told you this yesterday, and I've said it before, he had more yards after contact than any other running back in the NFL had yards. That's preposterous. Uh, John, but he's really, really good. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers and, and what the Pacers need to do with their cap space, which is over $20 million bucks, and free agency. I think they've got to use that cap space in trade. That's what they've got to do. You, Malcolm Brogdon, $22 million. If you send him someplace else with a sweetener, like a first-round pick in 23, all of a sudden you can go get guys. You can get two real guys who can help you win. You can get a young guy and a veteran contract that's going to help you win. This gives Kevin Pritchard all kinds of maneuverability in the trade market to do what he would like to get this team better. I like that use of the cap space to go get a free agent. I mean, what are you going to go get? Bobby Portis renounced his uh, his player option yesterday. So he's an unrestricted free agent, but the Bucks have the bird rights for, uh, uh, for Portis, so they can offer him like four years, $50 million. Uh, thank you, Hoosier Films. Um, what to ignore silly summer media takes 11 and 6, 12 and 5. Ugh, 12 and 5. Oof. That's a high number for the Colts. I got to tell you the truth. But the Bucks can go get a guy like Portis. If you want to sign a free agent, I don't know, get a Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know. You, you could do something like that. Um, look at this, though. With Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis. In 72 games last year, 15 and 9. Miles Turner, 13 and 7 in 42 games, and he paid $18 million for Miles Turner. What are we doing? The NBA has become kind of a bastion for guys who don't really like basketball, but like money. And that's not a good place for the NBA to be. And the Pacers have kind of resisted that sort of thing. You got a guy like James Harden declining a player option for $47 million to be out of shape and play like hot garbage. Like, what are we doing? That's crazy. Um, we're tired. Pacers fans, maybe NBA fans, but Pacers fans certainly tired of watching overpaid, unlikable guys not play basketball. Like, uh, who wants to watch that? But in whose world does that kind of allow people to enjoy going to a Pacers game? Pacers are an interesting operation. You got to find likable guys. 
they're likely not to sign Lance Stevenson back. Of all the Pacers, he's easily the most likable guy, right? I like Chris Duarte, too, and there are likable young guys. Tyrese Halliburton, really, really likable. But Lance Stevenson is a guy you enjoy watching play because he enjoys playing. That's an important allure for fans in this area. We love basketball. Pace, the fans in Indiana love basketball disproportionately to the Pacers themselves. That can't be allowed to stand. Absolutely cannot. And who am I to make that assessment? Watch a game. All you have to do is watch. One guy they should really look at re-signing, and I don't know how you do it, because of the way the NBA kind of works out its, its arrangements with first-round draft picks as teams have options to extend. The Suns drafted Jalen Smith 10th overall a couple of years ago. Uh, they declined the team option and then traded him. So the Pacers own that declined team option. And that means that they can only offer this 22-year-old who can flat play, they can only offer him $4.67 million for next year. Um, other teams can offer him anything. That's what's going to make it really, really hard to keep this 22-year-old who's 6'10 and played really well. His statistics, 13-4 and four and 7-6 and six in 22 games last year, going over the top of Miles Turner's output. How's that possible? A guy that the Suns didn't even want enough to extend in a rookie, uh, a rookie contract where almost everybody gets extended did more for the Pacers after the trade for Torrey Craig than Miles Turner did last year in 42 games played. <clears throat> what is wrong with this world? You want to know what's wrong with the Pacers and why people don't go to the games and why people don't watch? It's got nothing to do with the arena. It's got nothing to do with the TV product. What it's got to do with is complete idiocy from some of the players and management not holding players accountable to it. Uh, Cubs won last night 8-3. to three. Wilson Contreras with a bomb. Might be his last in a Cubs uniform. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this. My God, is, is this the most beautiful stretch of weather ever in central Indiana? I have not seen a cloud in days and days and days. Wonderful. Some people call this a drought. I call this a gift. Uh, Gavin Frost, happy birthday. Sean Hollingsworth, happy birthday. The great Bill Abbott celebrating a birthday. The great Will Carroll, happy birthday. Uh, Brian Lewis and Gary Rakow, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports Now, let's go. I'm ready to start right now. I can talk about sports for another three hours. I, uh, why do we ever turn this off? I should just keep going all day long. That would be awesome. Jalen Smith is coming back. I do not know how you get Jalen Smith to commit to come back here at $4.67 million. Somebody is going to offer him a hell of a lot more money than that because that guy can flat play. He plays with some bounce in his step. I liked watching him play the last two, 22 games of the season after that trade for Torrey Craig. We'll talk to you later in the day, and we'll talk that. Yes, smash that like button. 
We want 270 likes for this morning's video. You gotta hit the like button to make that happen.